Gentlemen, I discovered today's guest while I was scrolling through TikTok, uh, you know, mindlessly numbing my brain with videos, but he has really carved out a unique space. He and his wife and sometimes himself will get online and, and just answer questions about life, about marriage. Um, and he's got a very interesting and worthwhile perspective on the world. His name is Jim Vance. We're going to get into that interview in just a minute, but before we do, I want to give you a chance to win. This is the Black Pearl. It's a special, beautiful, everyday carry knife that was made just for this giveaway contest. Uh, it was made by Haynes Knives out of Florida. Uh, if you go to H-A-I-N-E-S knives.com, you can see the work that Travis Haynes is doing there. Uh, it's beautiful, beautiful black knife called the Black Pearl. And you can win it if you go to manlyhood.com slash contests and you can enter to win. Uh, it's free to enter, but if you want to get extra chances, you can buy extra chances there as well. That being said, guys, let's get right into our interview uh, with Jim Vance. Hey, Jim, it's great to have you on the show today. Thanks for joining me. Josh, thank you for the invite. I'm so excited to be here. So, Jim, you've got a, a podcast that you do with your wife, and you are definitely working in this space for men. Tell me more about what you do, man. Well, <laughs> I think it's evolved over time. What I really work on and focus on is masculine identity and what that looks like to be a man in your life, a man in your relationships. What, what, uh, what brought you to the place where you said, okay, this is what I'm going to work on. This is what I'm going to do. Uh, I think it's a culmination of events. I, um, I say about 12 years ago, I got divorced. And in that space, um, my dad passed about a month after I got divorced. And I had no men to turn, turn to. And so I just kind of felt alone in the, in the whole world. And so I wanted to get to a spot within me that I could be a man for other men. Like when they're going through dark times, they have somebody to lean on. Yeah. 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 So that, that started when you realized there was a void in your own life when you didn't have it. Yeah. And, and I wasn't ready. I, I had to do a lot of work on myself and really focus on why I had chosen the path I had chosen. And I got to a spot within me where I'd done a lot of inner healing and a lot of wound work within me and, and really understood why I chose terrible relationships <laughs> to uh, try to fulfill my wounds. And... Um, when I got there, I realized like I could help a lot of men. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk through that process a little bit. Maybe it'll help our guests understand, because I think a lot of people are wounded and don't realize that that's why they're having the trouble they're having, right? You know, they're uh, yes running their head against the wall over and over again, and the easy go-to default answer is it's everybody else's fault. Um. And sounds like you hit the wall where you realized that's not going to cut it anymore. And I needed the actual answer. So, you know, what does that look like? Uh, I think there's a, a big self-realization that has happened. When I was looking at myself, I kept seeing the same results in my life, no matter where I went. If it was a different job, a different woman, a different situation. Everything looked the same. 
So, like, I'm, I'm a big picture guy. So when I looked out, I was like, if everything looks the same everywhere I go, then I have to be the problem. And as I looked at myself as being the problem, I realized that I had to figure out what I wanted to do different in order to have something different. Yeah. So yeah. what kind of changes did you have to make to make it happen? Yeah? I think the big thing I had to work on was I had to be unattached to people. And I, this sounds weird because it's hard to be unattached to people. And what I meant by that is that my happiness and my joy and my peace and what I felt about love was all tied to other people. And so I had to really find what that meant for myself. And the more I knew that within myself, the more I was able to step into places without having the need to be there. And it, it felt like I felt at home in myself. And so I would show up in different places okay where I was. And it, it wasn't, I didn't lack confidence. I mean, I, I, I've done, I've taught across the country for years. And I've taught on stages and all those things. But when I went to a relationship, I was alone a lot. When you, you say that, that concept of, you know, not looking for your validation or your, you know, your love or yeah. anything else from the other people, what, what, uh, why do you think that you looked for it in those places? From what the work I've done, I was um, looking for love from my parents. Mm -hmm. And it's not that they consciously chose not to love me or chose not to give me the attention I needed or the time I needed. They were just living their lives. But as a kid, I created this story in my head that I kind of perpetuated throughout my life. And really created a lot of shitty situations for myself. Um, because I was looking for something that nobody could give me. I had to really give it to myself. Yeah. And it, it, when I, once I did, I was able to show up and actually give to people. Instead of, I was a manipulator. So I, I would try to get from people. Tell me more about that. Um, I think most people unconsciously manipulate. They, they do things. Men are great at this. We are natural doing being. And as we do that, we start to do a lot of things to protect, to provide, to love. But our, our doing is tied to an expectation that you're going to give me something in return in return and 
if you don't give me that thing in return, then I'm going to be resentful towards toward you. Yeah. Yeah, it's I think we're very transactional. We're we're we like to deal, you know, and to and and, and I mean it, some of it makes sense, you know. I mean in the in the workplace, in the you know, out in you know, in the real world, sometimes those are skills that can help us and serve us well. Yes. Right? To be able to say, "All right, look, you're not going to screw me. I'm going to get what I need out of you this situation." You know, we have that back and forth, and and it's a, not a bad thing in the right place, but that doesn't work with, with uh, friends or spouses or <laughs> kids. You know, I agree. So, uh, you you mentioned this word. You use the word work, right? That you had to go through this work. What what yes. is that? What, what happened there? <laughs> um, it's just a journey of self stud and. I, I have a lot of men that come to me and they say, I need to fix myself, myself. And I try to get them to observe themselves. And the more they're able to observe themselves, they're able to see what they are doing. I'm sorry, my, my volume's going in and out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, and so hold on one second. All right. So as they're doing this self-observation, they're able to see themselves do the things that don't feel good. And the more you're able to see the things that don't feel good with you, you become more empowered to make a different choice. And so I, I started. I started looking at what choices would I make that would move me towards something I desired. And the more I made those choices, the more aligned an identity that I was with that man. I, that actually it reminds me of a conversation I had last night, where there's a guy who was struggling with some stuff, and he was, you know, he's been kind of struggling in and out of addiction, you know, and he's yeah, trying to, you know, we were talking, it was a spiritual conversation, you know, we're talking about God, we're talking about, you know, like, I said, look, I said, what does the version of you that you want to be look like? You know, what does a guy look like if he's trying to, to love Jesus, right? And if he's trying to stay clean, what does he do in the morning when he gets up? <laughs> and, he, and he had the answer, you know. And I'm mm -hmm. like, so how about, and, and so instead of giving them, you know, instead of going through a list of a thousand things we needed to go through to get there, like, what does the first five minutes of your day look like? Yes. Let's get that tackled, you know? <laughs> That's huge. I always ask myself this question. What would the highest version of me choose in this moment? Yeah. So every time I'm getting to a situation where I feel out of alignment, or I'm having to make a difficult choice. I'm going, what would the highest version of me choose to do right now? And I just go. Yeah. I get very directional. So so you started this process after uh, going through that hard time, that difficult journey of losing uh, a relationship, mm -hmm. of losing your dad. And, I mean, now your life looks very different than what it did. Right? Way different. 
my wife is a big player in that. Um, so I started that journey before I met her. And I went through that for about three years. Then I met her. And that was a completely different level. Because she was already working on herself and this super um, high-level being. <laughs> and so the first first couple conversations we had, she had this rule. She's like, I want you to tell me everything, if even if it hurts me. And that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> because I've never been that honest with somebody. And I've never been that honest with myself. And so I had to grow into this relationship. And the more I grew into this relationship, the more comfortable I felt as myself to lead myself. Yeah. So had you already started that process before you met her then? Yeah. 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 I, I think that's one thing that I know a lot of guys, they get, they go through a divorce and they immediately start looking to fill that hole with another person and dude it like you just make a bigger mess it's, like, oh my wherever you go there you are right you know that's it I, I if i'm coaching a guy and he's going through a divorce it's hey you have six months off yeah at, at minimum yeah yes yeah they usually say like a year for every five hmm. Hmm. yeah that, so i'd start right. with six and see how they can work to that yeah, yeah. I, I want I think them to get comfortable being alone. I heard this quote one time. It said, "You can never be lonely if you're happy with the person you're alone with." And you get a man that's comfortable with himself alone, he can be real happy with somebody. Yeah, and that's. I think that makes a lot of, for, you know, for me, I grew up and I was, I really didn't have any friends as a kid, you know, and I was bullied pretty bad. So I kind of learned that early on. So yeah. the being alone, I was, I was totally fine with that. You know, I still, sometimes I like to be, well, I thought I liked to be alone and then I had a wife and I had four kids and now my kids are leaving the house, you know, and now it's just me and Zoe's busy working all the time now, you know, my wife's busy and I'm like sitting home alone. I'm like, yeah, this sucks now. It was great when I was a kid. but <laughs> Yeah, I totally understand. Yeah, I have three kids. I have three teenagers. And so I'm very... Uh... In the next four years or so, they're all leaving the house. And I'm very interested to see what happens with me. And then what it's going to be for our relationship because they're going to kind of be gone and we're going to have, but we spend a lot of time with each other. Me and my wife, we, we work together. We run a business together. So it's been very interesting, uh, living life and then working as a partnership together. Yeah. 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 It's, it's the same here. I mean, we, I have my, my job and I have my business and then, you know, she's the pastor at our church. So she, we do a oh, lot cool. of ministry stuff together. So we're like working on all that stuff all the time. And, um, and, uh, there are days though when we're both like, all right, we're going to go do this and we're not going to talk about 
work. We're not going to talk about your work. We're not going to. We're just. So then you have to find stuff to talk about. You know. Yes. <laughs> we do that. Um, we get. We have a hot tub, and so every night we get in there for like thirty minutes, and we don't talk about any work. Yeah. We just put it up. Hey, here's our time together. We're just going to decompress and talk. Yeah. 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 Hot tub would be a great place to do that. Yeah. Yes. Or a, or a cold, a cold plunge. Yeah. A cold plunge would be great. <laughs> There's not, t- not a lot of talking in the, in the cold. No, plunge. Just, just <laughs> I, we went out to California, um, for a conference and, uh, we were sitting in a hot tub at the hotel and, uh, and there was a pool and it was unheated. I mean, this is January at the time, you know, and I'm yeah. like, let's go get in the, in the pool just to see if we can do it. You know? And I, I like went all the way in and she was like up to her waist and she's like, I can't do it. I can't believe I got her to go in it. So <laughs> that's awesome. So tell me about, uh, the, the way that I discovered you was under the handle, the conscious man. Yes. What does that mean? What's that all about? So for me, 95% of what everybody does on a daily basis is unconscious. And what I started to, to, to do for myself was become very conscious of how I was showing up in the world. And the more conscious I got, the more choices I had. And so I decided like the conscious man was something that I wanted to be instead of operating out of patterns and behaviors that didn't align with where I wanted to go. I just started to become very conscious of every choice I made. Yeah. To be more intentional and aware. Yeah. 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 Is that the work that you do when you're helping, helping men as well to kind of be aware of those things? And... Yeah. I pay a lot of attention to that. I, I work on, I think I say the major thing I work on is getting men to love themselves, like actually what that means, and then become very conscious of who they're being in terms of actions, energy, their spiritual journey, just day-to-day life. Because as men, we get so forward-focused, and we just get way out in the distance, and we forget to live in the moments. So I get men to be very slow in their day to day. What do you, how do you help a guy, uh, make that shift? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you encourage him to do? I get him, which is funny to start watching people around him and how they interact with him. So I want to see, I want him to see how who he's be will affect the people around him and how they will show up to him because everybody in your world is only reflecting who you're being. And if you are being out of alignment, your partners are going to reflect that to you. Your kids are going to reflect that to you, your boss. Whoever. So the more conscious you are of who you're being energetically, you're going to start seeing more of the people moving towards you instead of moving away from you. Hmm. It's like an attractor. 
Yeah. It's um, I call, so our, the name of my podcast is is um, Advance Your Life Podcast, and we call it Finding Power Through a Polarity. So the arc of attraction. What does that mean? The arc of attraction. So there is this arc of attracting energetically between the masculine and the feminine energy. And in any relational dynamics, there's going to be a masculine and feminine energy. And if you are way out of sorts from your natural essence, and I'd say about 95% of men are in their masculine essence. And if you're operating from a feminine essence, you're going to attract women that tend to be in the masculine. And when that happens, the attraction level is not going to be as high. And so when men start to move into their masculine, the feminine can move into their feminine and the level of attraction grows. So just for the sake of helping me understand that, I mean, or helping our mm-hmm. listeners understand it too, that, um, When a, when you say when you talk about a man's feminine energy, what yes. do you mean? So men tend to operate from uh, if they're wounded, they tend to operate from a wounded feminine energy. They become very needy. They become very look at me, see me, clingy, manipulative, over-explaining. Um, Insecure. Yeah, insecurities. Yeah. But they can operate from a healthy feminine. And that's part of the natural essence. There's this balance between the masculine and feminine. And the healthy feminine energy would be um, very intuitive. Um, Able to process their emotions at a high level. Able to communicate with empathy with people. Um, also able to lean back and receive like compliments and stuff like that. I, and the reason I asked that question is cause I have a, I have a hard time in my own mind kind of seeing the world in that framework. Like I figure like if you're a man, yeah. right, if you're a man, you're masculine. And if you, you can act feminine, right. Where, like you said, maybe that wounded, portion yeah. that 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 brokenness and that doesn't mean that women are broken but when a man acts like a man he's acting like a man and then when he does the things like that like that you said like maybe the positive feminine i would say those things are not masculine or feminine but they're you know the 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 I get you. Just the balance is different. The wording is different. Yeah, it's yeah. A, well, it's the balance. Right, right. Right. It's, it's, the best a balance, example of it's a balance to your aggressive and assertiveness, which is not bad, but it needs to be tempered no. with patience and with love and with, you know, yeah. empathy. You know, which is interesting. Patience is a masculine energy. Yeah, right? that makes sense. Like mothering is a masculine energy because masculine energy is. Very directional, very logical, very um, goal-oriented. We know where we're going. We know how to get there. We have a plan, and we move toward it, right? The feminine energy is very flowy. 
they're kind of all over the place. They like community. They think, like with live wires, their brain's all over the place. The masculine, we're boxes. Mm-hmm. Open the box. Analyzed, yeah. Fix it. Open the box. Fix it. Yeah. We're very like that. The best example of masculine is Jesus. Sure. Right? Jesus, the, I explain masculinity as you're the eye of the storm and you're the storm. Right. You right. bring calm everywhere you go. But if I need to get to the level, I can bring fury. I, I love uh, that concept. You know, when you hear Jordan Peterson, for example, talk about, you know, the, you, you know, you, we need dangerous men, you know, men mm-hmm. who are capable of danger, but then they keep it un, in control, you know? Yes. Yeah. And that's, it's very true. Like I, dude, I mean, I've, I'll, I'll go to Walmart and you'll see some dude just lose his crap on, on a, on a woman or a kid just being, and you're like, you know, he, he's not hitting her. He's not hurting her. And I'll just walk up and just stand there with my arms crossed and make eye contact. You know, and I'm a big yeah. dude and it scares him every, and he's it's quiet. Yes. And I always feel bad. I'm like, you know, he's going to drive away. and He's going to start it up all over again. There's nothing I can do about that. But, you know, just to, but to be willing and able to step into danger to protect somebody is, and I've seen women do it too. Like you said, I mean, some of these things go back and forth, Yes, you know, but, but that's something that I think men need to be like, there's a time and a place to mind your own business. And there's a time and a place to say, I'm available <laughs> to do whatever needs to be done right now to protect. To protect, that is our number one role. Yeah. And it doesn't matter who it is. This is our community. And if we're not stepping in to protect our community, then we can't protect our house. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I agree. It impacts out. Who you're being impacts the world around you. It doesn't impact just you singularly. And generations to come. Like I dude, yes. you look at what's going on in the world today and and our moral compass, right? And I don't mean this from a oh, I'm a Christian, so I I mean just in general, I don't care what you believe. Our moral compass <laughs> as a culture is gone. 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 And it freaks me out. Yeah, it's yeah. And I, we all kind of freak out because we think we have to change it. We have to fix it. And I'm like, I'm looking at it. And I'm like, this is going to take a couple generations to fix. <laughs> you know? Yeah. This is going to take a couple generations to fix. And it might take something very drastic to happen to us to make it, you know, just, and I, and I wonder why, like, I'm like, how did we get to this place? You know? And maybe that that's the other end of it. It took a couple generations to get us here too. You know? Well, I think, there's a lot of components that played into that, but there was this governmental move to eliminate leadership because leaders create change and people in power don't want change. Right. And if you eliminate the identity of man, you eliminate leadership. Yeah. 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 I think that, when we look at our our homes, you know, and we see ourselves as a, in a leadership position, and and that's the other thing, because they the culture has shifted to the place where 
they said that it's a bad thing to lead. Oh, you're you're exercising your privilege, and that's not what leadership is, is at all. You know, there is no privilege in being a leader. That's responsibility. You know. Yes, it is absolute responsibility. I don't take like honor in leading a bunch of people. I take I take responsibility to lead myself, and then lead everybody else. It's just what I was put here to do. God imprinted that on me. Yeah. He didn't say, you show up and you just don't do anything in your life. He's, he said, I created you with purpose. I created you in perfect love. And I command on you to give that to the world. Yeah. What is... Uh, what, this is I'm changing the subject, so I'm kind of, if it yeah. feels like a, a left turn, you have to forgive me. I'm sorry. No, I'm good. <laughs> um, what does uh, you know as, as you talk about your relationship with your wife? It sounds like she's very, very grounded in a. And this is just my basic observation from the, the little bit I've seen of your podcast and, and you. Like, like she is also very secure in herself and, and her position yes. in life and the world. Is that make uh, does that make it harder or does it make it easier? in a relationship between the two of you? In the beginning, it made it hard because you have to be ready for a woman with that power. And as I grew into my own power, it was hard for her Mm -hmm. because she had to be ready for a man in his power. Right. She had had relationships with men that were at best weak and so to have a man with confidence with consciousness and strength it had she had to grow herself Mm. so now we just balance each other right right it's very interesting yeah i I, that's that's a, a shift that happened in our relationship too where she started to step into this position where it wasn't just the quiet mom who homeschooled her kids and stayed home with the kids and mm-hmm. now she's she's a leader you know and and I'm a leader and you know my in my head before I think I thought oh I lead this family yeah. and I think I I in my own mind and, and and I do right but in my own mind I I think I didn't recognize the depth of the leadership that she had and that she was using until I saw it really kind of step into its own. And then as that confidence in her grew and as she started to actually, Oh, well maybe I haven't been the leader all along here. Maybe, you know, and I started to realize we're both leading, you know, like, like, you know, there's this war between patriarchy and matriarch. And it's like, no, we're actually both leading together. (laughs) It's a, Beautiful thing when two powerful people can dance. Yeah. And they share. Like, no one's trying to dominate one or the other. Yeah. We want each other to be the best. Yeah. And it's the kids a, see that. Yeah, and they need that. You know, I want my girls to be capable, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I want my sons to be capable and I want them to lead their lead and love their spouses and lead and love their families in a way where, you know, their children, cause I've got grandchildren now, you know, where their exactly. children see that. And, 
And I, I do think I see that. I think that, you know, none of them, none of them takes a back seat. You know, that's not, yeah. that's not how you run a family. That's not how you run a relationship by, by putting somebody in the back seat. you know? No, I want, the thing I realized when I was divorced is I wanted a partner who had a purpose. Yeah. I didn't want to be the purpose. Right. And because they, they need me so much that they can't function. And when I had her, she was on fire for her life. And that got me excited. And I was on fire for my life. And so then when we got together, we were already in a good spot. So here's the real question. Does she make you a sandwich if you want one? If I want one. Do you make her one if she wants one? (laughs) Absolutely. Good, good. I cook. I love food. (laughs) I'm a big boy. So... I cook every day. I love food. Yeah. So that's like my downtime. I'll cook dinner. I love it. I'll cook lunch. I'll cook something. I love to cook. I, I am. Uh, I'm a decent cook, but my wife is an excellent cook, and so, <laughs> and then because of our work schedules right now, she's usually home in time to start dinner before I am most of the time, and so that nice. usually she usually does. But, but we can both cook. But. Yeah, uh, and it's really fun when when we and we don't get to do this very often, but when we can cook together, then that's even more fun. So that is fun. We end up dancing in the kitchen. <laughs> that's what happens. My mom used to always complain because uh, growing up we had a one butt kitchen. You know, there's only room for one yes. butt in it. So <laughs> my mom, my mom, would be like, get out of here. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. That's awesome. So, uh. I have some questions I'd like to ask, and I ask this of all my guests, man. And so I, I think that your insight on this would be pretty cool and pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, Jim, what does it take to be a man? I think a man is conscious of who he is and every place he goes. And he's able to communicate with power and love how he feels and where he wants to go in his life and I'm three stages of this that's right <laughs> he is love man is love I love that I have a feeling and I take that I take that from Jesus so I have a I have a minor in religion. So I'm a big studier of religious texts. Mm-hmm. And so all the reading I've done on Jesus is the one thing that he was over everything. Was he was love everywhere he went. It didn't matter who he was going to see. That part of him never changed. And and I'm like I want to be that. Yeah. Yeah, I I think if we were in the same town, dude, I think we'd uh we'd get along pretty good. I think we'd have lots of awesome conversations and Yeah. And be, be pretty cool, man. We'll have to get together. Where were you located? I'm in Georgia. Oh, in Georgia. Okay. Where are you I, at? I'm in Pennsylvania, in the middle of nowhere, oh, Pennsylvania. But... My uh brother went to Robert Moore's. 
College is in Coriopolis. Oh yeah, Pennsylvania. Okay. Yep, yep. So I've been over there quite a few times. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm from Bradford, PA, where they make case knives and Zippo lighters and oh cool. Middle of nowhere, man. I love it. But the country. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pennsylvania exactly. has some beautiful country. It does. I I have not been to Georgia yet, so when I come down through, and I thought I recognized your accent. I'm always I'm always trying to pick out. There's a little Georgia in there. I can hear it. So yeah. <laughs> when I uh, if I go down that way, I'll have to hook you up and we'll have lunch or something. You can take me to the best barbecue shack in the area. What how's that sound? Oh, oh we got some good ones. Good, good. <laughs> but uh so so that's what it takes to be a man. Uh Jim, let's say we can suspend the laws of time and space mm-hmm. and you have the opportunity to talk to ten year old Jimmy. What do you, what do you want little Jimmy to know? It's okay to love yourself. Because nobody else will be able to until you do. Hmm. That's really good advice, man. Did did little Jimmy struggle with that for a while? 100%. I struggled with that, I'd say, until I was... Late into my twenties, early thirties, I did everything for my parents' approval. Mm-hmm. I never got it. Hmm. Jim, what's your best advice for the men that are listening today? Hmm. That's a good one. So I would say to all the men listening today, it's okay to find somebody to talk to. It's okay to have a brother to lean on. It's okay to have other men to confide in. And it's okay to have men hold you accountable. That's good advice. I tell you what, I wouldn't get through life at all if I didn't have that group of guys that, hey, man, how's it going? Are you doing the thing you're not supposed to be doing? Are you doing the thing you're supposed to be doing? Dude, that makes all the difference in the world for me, man. 100%. And there are times when I uh, have been there, too, where I'm like, man, I don't want to talk to anybody about what I'm going through. And those were the times that I made stupid decisions. (laughs) Yes. Every stupid decision I could probably trace back to that. <laughs> That's it. I had clients everywhere. And so I have this app that I talk to them about every day. And when clients go quiet, quiet, what are we doing? <laughs> and then they'll come back. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. We avoid people when we're, go in the wrong direction, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim, tell me a little bit more about uh, your your podcast and the work you're doing. How can guys connect with you? If you want to connect with me, I'm the.conscious.man everywhere. TikTok, Instagram. Um, our podcast is called The Advance Your Life Podcast. 
and it's me and my wife, and we talk all things relationships. That's kind of our thing. And then on TikTok, we also have a couples by couples TikTok that's called the dot conscious dot couple. Yeah, I think that's where I stumbled across you first. I was you guys were on on Facebook or TikTok Live. Yeah, and uh, it was it was a really cool conversation. I'm like, ah, I got to get this guy on my podcast. <laughs> yeah, she's cool. And so we teach classes together a good bit. So we're about to teach a woman's program together. So I teach women how men think. And then I teach a man's program where she teaches men how women think. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that is awesome. Because yeah. I'll tell you what, they don't make an owner's <laughs> manual thick enough for either of those. <laughs> I tell her all the time, I'm like, you're amazing. But you're complicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And she says, ditto, right? <laughs> yes. She goes, I said, I'm simple. I don't need but this. She goes, whatever. <laughs> we're, we're simple to ourselves, but, yeah, we're complicated to everybody else. I think. Mm-hmm. No, I get you. We're complicated in here. Yeah. What's What uh, What would you say that your best podcast episode has been so far? It's one on broken trust. Um. I've seen this a lot lately. I've signed several clients that their wives have cheated on them, which is interesting. That's a more prevalent thing in today's life that I've never seen before. But it's broken trust and how to rebuild broken trust in relationships. Sounds like it'd be an excellent episode. So if you guys are looking for an episode to listen to, make sure we uh, we look for that. Maybe I'll see if I can find that one and we'll stick it in the show notes. Okay. Uh, and then we can have them uh, check that out. That'd be helpful. Sounds good. Uh, that is a question I see a lot too. I run into a lot of guys in that situation and I don't yeah. think I, it, it almost seems foreign because it doesn't usually happen that way. It usually happens the other way. Yeah. And both of those situations need to learn how to restore trust. So. Hundred percent, and it's a two-way street. That's what I've always figured out is when there's trust broken, both partners are are at fault. It's just getting the person that's been like the trust has been broken on to take that responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes two to fix it. So yeah, yeah. Wow, man, that sounds like that'd be an excellent episode. I'll uh, we'll get that in the show notes too, so the guys can check it out. Yeah, man. Hey, man, uh, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I really appreciate it, buddy. Thank you, sir. I have I had a good time. Awesome. Thank you, Jim. Thank you so much for sharing your perspective. I appreciate you. I appreciate the work that you're doing. Uh, and if you guys want to connect with what Jim is doing, we've got links in the show notes. So please go visit his website, his profiles, and get connected with, with the work he's doing. I want you guys to know I appreciate you. I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. You've made this season the best season ever. And I'm looking forward to continuing to bring you something amazing here at Manlyhood. So season seven is coming up soon. It's on the way. We're putting things together. We've got a great year of content planned out for you. But before we get to that, we've got at least one more episode. So look forward to seeing you and bringing that to you soon. Love you guys. I care about you. I'll see you next time.